Please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. Yes, we are in chapter 3. Hallelujah. And uh, <laughs> we're in verse 1. We're going to be a little while in verses 1 through 3. I have to warn you. Uh, again, I'm not trying to rush through this because they have so much in them. They are loaded. Amen. And I want to give you all the revelation that I can. Amen. And I pray that you want all this revelation. Some of these things are going to be things that you've heard before. But you know what? We need to be taught again what we already know. Amen. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing not heard. I, I have people that say, well, I've heard that. Well, obviously faith isn't there anymore. Okay. Because, <laughs> you know, when you have faith, hearing it once isn't enough. I find that, you know, I, I listen to things over and over again. Not, not me, okay? <laughs> I've got the ones, those people that I listen to. And uh, I listen to something over and over again. And I don't go at it with, oh, well, I've heard that before. I go at it with, I wonder what I'm going to learn today from it. And I'm just excited about, you know, what else did I miss the last time around? And, you know, the other thing is as you grow, you find that the word has more depth, that it applies to you in different ways than it did the first time you heard it. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Amen. And the people that are younger in the Lord will sort of have five applications. The people that are older in the Lord will have about 50 applications. That's how it works. And you just go, wow, yeah, that's, oh, that's right. I could do it with this now as well. Amen. And so allow the word to do that for you as you listen today. Beginning in 1 John chapter 3, I want to read verse 1. The apostle John writes and says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God, exclamation mark. The um, translator put an exclamation mark there because in the, when you read it in the original language, that's what needs to be there. It is such a powerful statement. And uh, let me just very quickly go through some of the things that we went through last week. I'm seeing a few new faces here today. So let me do a quick little recap for you guys. Okay, very quick. Aren't I sweet? All right. <laughs> <laughs> The first thing that we discussed last week, very quickly, was that it was love which motivated God to save us and to adopt us as children. Amen? Now, we saw the salvation part in John chapter 3 and verse 17, where it says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. So there was a salvation. Also, as far as the adoption goes, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 15, it says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba or Daddy, Father. Now, we talked about all of that last week, so I'm not going to go over that today. Uh, as far as how all this happens, we looked at Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, where it simply said, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's as simple as it gets. Amen? And we found in John chapter 1 and verses 12 and 13, it says, as many as received him. So when you uttered those words, it says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right. And it says, the power to become the children of God. Amen? And uh, going on from there, we also looked at the incredible new creation that came about as a result of that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, where it says, therefore, and also unto verse 18, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Remember again that that is something that never existed before. You guys need a revelation of that. Because that is something that is extraordinary that took place on the inside of you. Amen? And it says, old things have passed away. Those old things aren't still hanging around. They're only in your memory. You need to allow them to pass away. 
Amen. Don't, don't, don't hold on to dead things. And it says, <laughs> Amen. And it says, Behold, all things have become new. Notice it said, All things have become new. And it got, I love verse 18. It says, All things are of God. Behold, what manner of love that we should be called the children of God. All things are of God. Amen. We talked about this last week as well. Again, you need to get a revelation on that. Uh, I quoted Thomas F. Johnson last time and said the perfect tense is, we're almost there, okay? The perfect tense there uh, implies love which has been and continues to be given to us with the continuing consequence that we are called children of God. So this is something that starts when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and then it doesn't stop. It goes on and on and on. You are from that moment on known as children of God continually, Get the revelation. When the devil comes and tries to take your salvation away or says, well, you just lost it because you kicked the cat or whatever. Don't kick the cat, okay? That poor cat gets kicked a lot, doesn't it? Okay? (laughs) Don't do bad things, all right? But I'm just saying, even though you might do something naughty and bad, doesn't mean you, you know, just because Daniel does, not that Daniel, my one, just (laughs) just because my Daniel does something naughty, he doesn't get kicked. Suddenly he's no longer my son. Are you kidding? You know, it's a little late for that. It already happened. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm trying to... See, we just, we need to understand that when we become born of God, we stay His kids. It takes a lot to get out. Like a lot. I don't want to talk about it. All right. Because <laughs> you're here to find out how to stay in, not to get out. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. Okay. And the privilege of being in. Okay. All right. So... Uh, also, Colin G. Cruz reiterates, to be called children of God is an immense privilege because it means that God himself has chosen us to be in his family. This is really important now. I'm going to slow down. Okay, I'm slowing down. All right. <laughs> it's important that we understand that as much as we received Jesus Christ as Lord and wanted to come into the family, we didn't come into a family where God was saying, you know what, I don't want you. I don't like the look of you. You smell funny. No, (laughs) okay? Whatever it is, it wasn't that. You know, I think the best example of this is the prodigal son. Remember when he did all the bad things and he came back? Do you know the father ran towards him? The father wasn't sitting on the porch going, "Mm mm-hmm. I knew you'd be back. Yeah, like, oh, no, good, good for nothing. And I could go on. But okay, (laughs) all right? You see, he didn't have that attitude. And, you know, when you, when, when you actually know um, customs, you know, Old Testament, fathers generally don't run towards their kids. It's up to the kid to run towards the father. Amen. So it was a big thing for the father to run. And Jesus did that on purpose when he was telling the story because he wanted people to know that's how much God so loved. That he was willing to give up his best because he wanted all of us in. He wants us in. What revelation can you receive from that? That God isn't looking for ways to get rid of you. He's looking for ways to keep you in the family. Amen? So don't ever think just because you do something naughty or little or bad or or hugely bad, okay? (laughs) He's looking for a reason to kick you out. It's not one of those kind of families. It's one that he gave up everything to get you in. And dear God, he's going going to hold on to you, whatever it takes, and stop you from getting out. Amen. 
You need to know that because you need to know that it, especially in times when you are fighting a, just, just a horrendous battle and the devil is trying to bring you down through some kind of condemnation and say, God isn't listening to you. Why should he? You know, you did all of this stuff. Just say, shut up. Two words. Just remember, okay? Just say, shut up. That's not God. That's you. That's not him. And thank God I'm not in your family anymore, <laughs> by the way. Amen. Amen. Anyway, moving on. I, I really have issues with people that condemn other people. I, I really have issues with that. You know, we can make general observations, but don't make it a thing in life for you to go preach about somebody else's problems. I saw one of those things last night. I just wanted to check something out. And I, I you know, because I, I was looking at somebody and it was somebody that I thought, oh, I thought that weren't too bad, you know. And I started listening and I thought, why are we doing this? I have a soapbox here. I'm getting onto it right now for just a minute, okay? Uh, you know, one of the things that I was watching that and I said, God, what's wrong with this? You need to talk to me about this. And he said, look, take a step back. You know, the, the, we don't need the body of Christ nitpicking the body of Christ. You know, and, and I said, God, give me a, a, a verse of scripture. Give me something that I can get a handle on, on this. And he, you know, he said, remember what Paul said? Whether they're preaching out of envy, whether they're preaching just to fill their bellies, or whether they whatever they're doing, as long as they're preaching Christ, it's okay. Did we get that? Amen. It's better than them preaching something else. And there's enough of something else going on out there for us to go try to close out down another church. Amen. You know, if there was nothing else on the planet, okay, then we can start nitpicking a little bit. But there is so much going on out there. Why are we taking away anything or anyone that is preaching Christ? We just need to stop that stuff. Amen. And besides that, Jesus said, judge not that you be not judged. For whatever judgment you pass out, that's how you're going to be judged. So can I just encourage you, if you're watching something and somebody gets on there and starts complaining about, you know, all these ministers and prosperity preachers or whatever, just turn it off. Change the YouTube channel. Click somewhere else. Don't listen to that stuff. Amen? You remember this revelation. Hallelujah. All right. Back to this. <laughs> All right. Because I just want you to realize that God loves them too. They might be doing a few naughty things, but God loves them. He's still, they are still his kids. And he's not looking for ways of getting rid of them. You pray for them. Stop complaining. Amen. <laughs> uh, somebody said that. Some, somebody said this one time. He's, I love it. It was just perfect. He said, if you think I'm right, pray for me that I continue that way. If you think I'm wrong, pray for me so I don't keep making the same mistake. Either way, pray for me. <laughs> you know? Amen. And I think that's good advice. All right, getting back to this. <laughs> uh, once again, to be called children of God is an immense privilege. Because it means, again, that God himself has chosen us to be in his family. And that's why the translators put an exclamation mark at the end of the sentence. Because of the startling nature of the statement that the Apostle John makes. In fact, the Greek word that is translated what manner of occurs only six times in the New Testament. and always implies astonishment and admiration. Astonishment and admiration. Isn't that incredible? It just, it's one of those things that you look at and... The two things that should rise on the inside of you is astonishment and admiration at the fact that God would call us his kids. 
Hallelujah. Amen? Not disbelief. All right. In his commentary, now we're here. Simon J. Kissimaku writes, what an honor. God calls us his children and gives us the assurance that as his children, here we go, we are heirs and co-heirs with Christ. Now this is in Romans chapter 8. This is the first of many incredible benefits that's, that's actually brought out of us being children of God. So we're going to take a journey now. This is going to be a little while, okay? <laughs> but I want you to know, as children of God, I told you I was waiting to get to this place, all right? As children of God, what should we be doing? How should we be thinking? You know, I don't want the words children of God rolling around in your head and go, and, and that's it. That's all I got. Crickets. Okay? I want to add to that now. Can I do that? Are you ready for this? Okay. Romans chapter 8. It says here, the Spirit himself, I'm in verse 16, excuse me, 16 and then I'll move to verse 17. Romans 8, 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are called or we are children of God. Okay, that needs to be established first. Can you see that? All right, that we are children of God. Okay, watch verse 17. And if children, and we are, can I, amen, okay, all right. And if children, then heirs, now watch, there are two things that come up here, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Wow, that's huge. We need a revelation about that. You know, we're not slaves of God. We're heirs of God now. And we are joint heirs with Christ. This is a very powerful thing. And I want to give you some verses and scriptures and insights into this. <laughs> verses and scriptures, same thing. Anyway, okay. <laughs> uh, I want you to notice. And it says, and if, if indeed we suffer with him, nobody likes to suffer. But, you know, can I just say this? This isn't the kind of suffering that most people preach about. This isn't the kind of suffering of, you know, God did a bad thing to teach me a lesson. Kind of, that's not that kind of suffering. Do you, know, do you all want to know what kind of suffering this is? This is suffering for what is right. This is when people wrongfully persecute you. This is when somebody does something that they shouldn't have done. And, you know, God says, have patience. Amen? And you're going, but I don't want to. <laughs> okay? That's the suffering. Just hang in there. There's a reward. Anything that you do for God, God will always bless you. Do you know that? It's never a case of you're always doing stuff, and he's like the boss that never sees. Can I, tell, can I let you know, he's the boss that not only sees, he also knows the motive behind what you're doing. Amen. He will reward you fully. Trust me. <laughs> okay? All right. So, Notice again, but it doesn't finish there. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. There's been so much said about God is so jealous about his glory and doesn't want nobody to have it. Hang on a second. If you're a joint heir with God, a joint heir with God, then you also share in his glory. Don't get a big head. <laughs> okay? This isn't about pride. Understand something, and we're going to look at some of these things in a moment. This is about you walking in a place where you are the person that is directing what is going on. You are not under the circumstances. You are directing the circumstances. Amen. And, you know, let me say this as well. Please don't ever walk out of here thinking, oh, my God, I'm so far from that. Yeah, I know. So we all are. But if I don't preach it, we'll never aim for it. Amen. I'm hoping some of you get in certain places before I do. Because you will. Because I can tell. 
Amen. I can see. I can see. Some of you will. Praise God. You know, because as a body, we are meant to move forward. Amen. In some things, I'll lead the way. In some things, you will lead the way. In all things, we will lead the way. And as a body, we can be an example to people out there. Amen? Amen. So please always aim for the highest possible place. And wherever you land then will be better than if you didn't try at all. Can I get amen on that? Amen. Okay. So I want you to notice again that the first privilege of being a child of God is we are joint heirs with God. Oh, excuse me. We are heirs of God and we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Amen? These are very powerful things. Now, before I move on and, and give you some of the examples of this uh, or the ramifications of this, I want to go to Galatians chapter 4 and verse 7 because I need to bring something out here as well. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 7, something is repeated here, but something else is added to it. And that is this. It says, therefore, you are no longer a slave. Can I get an amen? Okay, we are no longer slaves. Stop thinking like one. And notice he goes in to say, but a son, and that's all the girls as well. Do you understand why he says son? I think I've explained this, but let me explain it again, because I don't know who's listening to this on YouTube. All right, the reason it says son and not daughter here is because Jesus Christ lives in men and women. It is Galatians that says there is neither male nor female. Do you understand? He was trying to make a point here. He's trying to say, listen, whether you're male or female, the son lives in you. And as far as God is concerned, male and female, you're all sons. Because otherwise there's this thing in people's brain. You know, some people see sons as, you know, oh, I got a son. Oh, and a daughter. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. I got to pay somebody to take that away from me. <laughs> no, I'm, ser I'm serious. This is how people think. You know? And you know, the, but the, here, here's the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the family crown and everything. This, don't do stuff like that. Amen. Whether it's male or female, as far as God is concerned, they're all his sons. Better not mess with one with a skirt. That's a son too. <laughs> Amen. 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 All right. So again, he says, therefore, you are no longer a slave but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Notice that you are an heir of God through Christ. You don't just become an heir of God by yourself because you did all good things and you're a really good person. Can I say this? Really good people will receive God's love gift and not reject it. A bad person rejects God's love gift. There are a lot of nice people that are not good. And moving on. All right, <laughs> so to fully understand what this means, what does it mean to be a son? What does it mean to be an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ? Let's go to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16. We need to start there. Colossians 1.16. It says here, the Apostle Paul is writing, he says, by, for by him, remember we are joint heirs with Christ. Remember that? Okay, joint heirs. Everything that belongs to him belongs to us. Do you all understand heir? That's not hair, it's an heir. Okay, <laughs> okay, you all get this, right? Okay. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things are created by him and for you. I changed it. 
Did you catch that? As joint heirs, they're all being created by him for you. It is for him, but you are the body of Christ. Amen. So you need a new revelation. He created all things, and they were not just for him. They were for you when you came into his family. That has enormous ramifications. If they were created for you, you become responsible for how you look after things. All right, okay. Here comes the bad part. But you need to understand, family, that we are going to be held responsible for things. So again, it says here, all things were created by him and for him, which includes you. Everything was created for you. Now, Psalm 24 and verse 1. We need to go here because not a lot of people know this verse. Psalm 24 and verse 1. It says, the earth is the Lord's. If you are a joint heir, then the earth is also yours. Don't freak out now when I'm saying all this stuff. Are you freaking out? Don't freak out. Do it quietly. All right. Okay. <laughs> Notice it says, the earth is the Lord's and all of its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. Now, notice two things here. First, there is the earth itself, you know, all of its fullness, okay, which includes trees and mountains and oceans. Can we get amen on that one? Okay. And why firstly in Mark chapter 11? Notice I said trees, mountains, and oceans. Okay, I'm going somewhere with this. In verse 14, in response to a fig tree not having any fruit, remember Jesus says in uh, Mark 11:14, 14, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. He is speaking to fig trees. Do you know why? All things were created by him and for him. And you can do the same thing. You speak to things. They may not happen the way it happened with Jesus, but it'll happen. Something will happen. Now for Jesus, it just, you know, well, for Jesus, verse 20. It, uh, let's look at that quickly. All right. It says in Mark 11 and verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. That thing didn't have a chance, okay? I mean, it was dead, D-E-E-D-D, -E -D -D, dead. I know that's a wrong spelling. I did it on purpose. Okay, I mean, that was dead, dead, you know, like dead, okay? You know, you can cut a few branches off, but you kill it at the roots. It's gone forever. Forget about that tree. Now, you know, you might call, you know, <laughs> you might call a curse on a tree or something. Now, it, it may not be that it dries up from the roots. Somebody might come with a chainsaw. Just has this inkling to go cut that tree down. It's one way or the other. It's gone. Amen? See, we, we can't restrict God to go check the roots every morning. <laughs> okay? You can do that if you want, but I wouldn't advise it. Because one of the things that faith does is it speaks and then it moves on. Do you know Jesus didn't go check to see? Peter went and checked to see? As far as Jesus was concerned, when he finished speaking, it was done. We all want to go see, you know. We're meant to walk by faith, not by sight. Hello. All right. Okay, moving on. All right. And of course, following this in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, Jesus is going to deal with mountains. Yeah, brother, it was a figurative mountain. Not really. When you actually read on, you actually find out that in the end times that Jesus' foot is going to hit that particular mountain, it's going to split, an ocean going to flow through it. But that's another thing. All right. So he says, for, of course, it means metaphorical mountains as well. Amen? But I want, you to, I want you to understand, it's also a physical mountain. It says, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this metaphorical mountain, no, it says to this mountain. Do you see that? He says, be, thou, be removed, be cast into the sea. I gave you a revelation on this. Don't try to move mountains before first removing them. 
You got to uproot the thing first. Do you notice Jesus didn't say just be cast into the sea? Do you know that's what we do with some of our mountains? We just cast them out and they're still stuck. And they're going, we can't be cast. We're still stuck. You need to unstuck us and then we can be cast. <laughs> Amen. I'm just, I want to make something funny out of this. So you get this. We miss the little things and then we think the prayer isn't working. No, you didn't work it properly. Amen. Okay, notice he first says, be removed. Then be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will, will be done. He will have whatever he says. That's all she's as well. Okay, whatever he or she says. If you don't doubt, you believe, you'll have it. That's a whole mountain, man. Okay, finally, from Mark chapter 4, verses 37 through 39. We know that Jesus also had authority over the ocean. Remember again, we're talking about the earth is the Lord's and all of its fullness. Remember again that we are joint heirs with Christ and all of this stuff belongs to us. What should we, doing, what should we be doing with it when it gets naughty? This is what you do. Now, you can also speak life into things. You know, you go find a dead piece of ground or whatever, speak life into the thing. Things will start to grow. I generally speak the other way because I don't want to. <laughs> have you noticed I have fake grass? Okay. <laughs> okay. Anything grows. I, yeah, anyway. Okay. I'm very good at killing things. Anyway. <laughs> so don't give us something. If you want it to live, please don't give it to us. It won't. I'm just saying, I'm being honest with you. All right. <laughs> okay. So moving on. Mark chapter 4, verse, before I get in trouble. Mark chapter, oh, too late. Mark chapter 4, verse 37. It says, and a great windstorm arose and the waves. Notice the windstorm and waves. All right. Beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Verse 38. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he said to them, I actually don't care. You know, you guys have been really a disappointment. No, he doesn't say that. <laughs> you know, he could have. He goes, oh, good. We're finally getting rid of this bunch. I can walk on water. They can't. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Hello. Okay. You know, he could have just, no, he, but he didn't. Anyway, going back to this. <laughs> I am having one of those days today. I'm sorry. All right. Listen, man. Isn't it interesting Jesus didn't ditch them? It's interesting Moses didn't do it either. When God said, you know what? There are whiny, all sorts of other words, you know, those asterisks and everything, you know, that mean bad things. Bunch. Let's just kill them all off. Moses, we'll start with you and go from there. You know, it's really interesting. Moses said, no. We can't have people saying God took them out there just to kill them. It's not happening. So we need to work around this another way. <laughs> you know? God said, okay. Isn't that interesting that we can intercede? Amen? And sometimes jumping ship isn't the right thing. Yeah, it's harder. Yeah, it takes more work. But there are rewards. You might have a Judas here and there, but the other 11 generally are okay. They may doubt and carry on a bit here and they put their foot in their mouth, but they're still, you know, they got potential. Amen. Amen. All right. So, verse 39. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Notice what he did with the wind and the sea. He, he rebuked the wind, he said to the sea. He rebuked the wind, he said to the sea. Okay? And he said, Peace, be still, and the wind ceased. So, in other words, he told the wind off. And as for the ocean, do you know why he told the wind off? Because the wind was pushing the ocean. Interesting, isn't it? 
So he shut the thing down that was causing the problem. And then he said to the ocean, now, the wind has stopped, you, be still. Is that a revelation? Some days you need to get rid of the thing that is causing the problem. Amen. Our war isn't against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, all the winds. And then everything else will settle. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Praise God. And that's one of the privileges of being an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. How much time do I have left? Because I don't want to go to the next one if I don't. Oh, forget that. Three minutes. All right. (laughs) Is this enough revelation for you today? Okay. We'll stop here because I don't want to keep you long, especially it's Mother's Day and you all want to go celebrate. All right. But I pray that you're getting some kind of an insight into this, that as an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ, that you have authority. And, you know, there are things that we'll look at next time. What about the people? You know how it said there again, uh, where did it say? It said, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and all those who dwell therein. We'll we'll look at what it means. How do we um, appropriate that half of the verse? Because remember, people have wills. So we can't command them to be saved. Amen? We can't command things to happen in that way because when wills are involved, it's a different thing. However, we can teach. We can heal or or, or be a vessel that's willing to. Because some people, you know what? They just reject it. Again, it's their choice, but we can do that. We can feed people. He fed them all, okay? We'll look at all of this next time. There are things that we can do that won't violate people's will. We can still be a blessing because they are still our responsibility. Amen? Amen. All right. That's next week. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. And we thank you, Father, for all the wisdom inside the revelation that we are receiving.